Good day, everyone. For our great pleasure, we have uh, the good fortune to receive for our latest podcast, Sylvie Freund Picavance, who is uh, one of the most senior executives in Value Retail. Value Retail is a luxury uh, shopping mall, series of luxury malls uh, throughout Europe, uh, most notably in Bicester Village in England, which by some estimates is the uh, the highest performing shopping destination in Europe, if not the planet in terms of square foot. Um, uh, so it's a very impressive phenomenon. And it uh, it has opened in China and has plans to open more, and is uh, is really a phenomenal success story in luxury. Uh, Sylvie has had a brilliant career, during which she has uh, worked for Cartier, uh, um, LV, De Beers, Princess Tam Tam, and now Bister Village, now Value Retail. Good morning, Sylvie. Good morning, Godfrey. Okay. So tell me about what you do at uh, Value Retail. So I am global director of strategy and business development, and I work very much, very closely with with, uh, with our founder and with the whole team to um, think about uh, the direction of the business and where should we be heading given the environment. Define the business model of value retail for our listeners. Sure. So, so value retail um, has built and operates. 11 luxury shopping destinations. As you've said, we have nine in Europe in seven countries and two in China in Suzhou and Shanghai. Um, the business model is really at the intersection between different industries. I suppose the, the, the roots of the, of the business is in real estate because we, we build and we develop. Uh, and actually, uh, Scott Malking, our founder, uh, very, very first project was uh, Rodeo 2 mm. in, uh, in Rodeo Drive, which uh, is, a, is a world-renowned uh, shopping destination. Um, but it's at the intersection of retail because the way we manage those, um, those destinations is very much with a retailer mentality, pretty much like a, like a department store with no roof, if you will. Mm. And we've added on different other layers. Uh, one is that of hospitality, where very um, early on we realized that actually what we create are destinations that go beyond shopping. And it's about welcoming people, creating a platform, an environment, really, for people to have memories beyond the product that they will buy, however beautiful it is. And that creation, that hospitality and creation of experience are absolutely at the core of what we do. So we're a business at the intersection of retail, real estate, hospitality, the tourism business as well, because everybody has to travel to come to us. We're always located you know, 45 minutes to an hour outside a main city gateway, be it Paris or London or Milan or Madrid or, or Shanghai. How do you attract the customers, the clients who come to your villages? So it's with the promise of a fantastic day out. That That is really our, our core proposition. It's, it's we, we, um, we really talk about our 
We don't use the term mall much, which... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. We, we use the term destination, mm. right? And, and in destination, you have the wording really that encompasses mm. something worth seeing, worth mm. experiencing mm. that you have to travel for. And, and we like to say we, we create destinations worth traveling for. So how we do that is a mix. It's not one, one element. It's, it's about a great sense of place, which we create through um, the uh, architecture of our villages with the landscaping. You layer in the services. Mm -hmm. You curate a brand offer that always changes. We change about 30% of the physical village per year, which is huge. Um, How do you do that by changing? How do you do that? Um, To stay current. Right. I mean, if no, but how do you do oh, that? Oh, how? Um, we well, we work with brands, and we have a very um, unique uh, uh, partnership with the brands, where, where, whereby we work with them to always give them the, the best opportunity of, of of success. And and sometimes that means having more space. Sometimes that means having less space, and sometimes. It means bringing new brands into into the business. And if we bring new brands into our offer, obviously some brands have to exist. So between the fact that we are bringing some new um, new brands, new offer on a on a constant basis within our our portfolio, and therefore we renew the offer, and also we have because these new brands come and put their best foot forward. Everybody feels that they need to put their best foot forward. So it creates a a very healthy, um, you know, uh, not competition. competition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. To always be good, you know, it's 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 if you know you you're going to 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 have somebody who has a, a brand new shop fit, the 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 best offer there, oh. then you need to also put your best foot forward. So all this makes a, a vibrancy in the in in our destination that our guest feel when they come and they visit? Um, we live in a data-driven era uh, and a data-driven industry. How do you use data at Value Retail to uh, attract customers and maintain their loyalty? So data is obviously very, very important um, because it's it's the fuel to taking decision. Mm. But it's not the only only thing we use, uh, but we do use uh, a lot uh, of data. Uh, we will use data when we look at a global trend about what people want, uh, what what they care for. We will use data to understand our guest profiles. Mm. We will use data to understand the performance mm. of the brand and help the brands perform better because we mm. do see... Uh, you know, we have a lot of information about how the brands operate mm. and 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 we can compare and contrast. Mm. Um, so data is really something that we look on a on a very wide basis. Mm. Um, at the same time, um, we believe that we have an expression in the company, clear blue water, and we always think about how to be ahead and how to you know, be unique in what we do. Uh, one of our val- one of our motors is differentiation adds value, and 
And therefore, you can't only rely on data. Mm. You have also to rely. It's 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 a science and an art, isn't it? Really, yeah. The, the decision making. You have also to have vision, and and you use the data to inform the decision making. But you have to have vision and beliefs. What consumer trends did you decipher from the data in the last year or two? Or looking ahead, that you expect to change in consumer tastes uh, in the future? So, I think that number number one we saw, and that's a direct result of what happened during. COVID and the way we had to leave and, and all the rest of it is, of course, yeah. a, a, a desire to to have pleasure, um, you know, live again to the fullest mm -hmm. after that period of, of, of lockdown and, yeah, yeah. and of disconnection, mm -hmm. um, of physical disconnection, yeah. and the fact that people make choices, right? And it's exacerbated that trend that People do want that physical engagement with mm. other people and that social engagement. Mm. Um, and and they want, when they do that, to have exceptional experience. They want to party. I mean, everybody mm. talks about the, the, <laughs> the return of, of, the, of the sort of more formal yeah. or more extravagant yeah. wear. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely uh, one thing. I think, too, that, and, and again, you know, data-driven and looking at what happened during mm. COVID. I think that people also have reset a little bit. Oh. Whilst they want this more, maybe, you know, a certain flamboyance, uh, at the same time, people are going back deeper to values and, mm. and the acceleration of sustainability concerns is is there mm. and is modifying people the way that people look at look at things uh both the advent of you know uh, uh reset but buying quality over quantity um i was very struck by um uh when i went to bister uh how many tourists were there uh, i mean the majority of people were probably british um shoppers uh how do you target them and how important are they to your annual turnover? So we think of our guests all as tourists to some degree <laughs> okay. in the sense that we try to make our destination be kind of oasis. Okay. Right? So mm. even if you're, um, you live in Paris and you go to La Vallée Village yeah. or domestically, it should feel like this this mini vacation, if, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Um, so, so that's uh, number one as a philosophy. Number two, it's true that when we travel, generally speaking, uh -huh. right, we're more open because uh -huh. we're in a different uh -huh. uh, state of mind. So we've identified very early on and mm -hmm. probably earlier than a lot of other companies, the power of the tourism mindset being open and receptive to, you know, Shopping, which is actually a key driver in people's decision making as to what they want to do when they when they travel, mm -hmm. and so we've actually started to work um, very early on in the company, probably twenty years ago. I mean, before my time there, I've been there thirteen mm -hmm. years, uh, but to um, communicate in source market to both the consumer and the tourism uh, industry players about the offers of the destination and the 
the time well spent, the, oh. the experience that we offer in our villages. Okay. We're at the first stages in uh, fashion design of designers or brands, certainly, using uh, artificial intelligence to uh, work out new designs and, and, and new clothes even. How do you use artificial intelligence at Value Retail? So today we are at the very beginning of thinking how to use in artificial intelligence. And so so I can't I can't claim that we are using it, but we're definitely looking into the power of artificial in intelligence. Um, and probably it will be uh, and, and and some people, I can't claim that for me, but AI is artificial intelligence, but it could be also augmented intelligence. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we believe in the power of, yeah. of the human uh, connection, yeah. the human, um, you know, the human, the, the power, yeah, the power of human connection and the serendipity that it creates, right, which is, which, and, and AI for us, it's, it's something that we are thinking of using to help us in helping our guests, but helping through our teams to um, interface with our guests at a, at, a, at a greater scale. But the human element is absolutely critical. If I remember well, um, when I visit Mr. and met your, your chairwoman, um, she talked about working with Swiss hospitality and training or preparing your staff, spending quite a lot of time and money on it, to so they acted a little bit more like butlers and concierges rather than um, just salespeople. Tell me a little bit about that thinking and how you're, you you like your staff to operate when they meet a new client. Sure. It is too, we've worked with Ecole Hôtelière de Lausanne, EHL, oui. yeah. to develop. We, we, we have a whole suite of, of, of trainings and support oh. that we offer, mm. well, our own teams, obviously, but also the, 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 our, our brand partners' uh, teams. And, and hospitality is really at the heart of what we do. Hospitality is about making sure that you give your best welcome to the person that is in front of you, which is why we call our customers not customers, but yeah. guests. Yeah. We talk about guests. Okay. And it's about wanting the best for that person, yeah. that this person feels the most comfortable, mm. the most valued, and therefore they will buy. And they will buy happily and they will come back because the whole experience mm. would have been at the level of the level of the quality of the product that they've had. So we've been working with them to define the key skills that are required to do that. Um, and also the, the right uh, mindset, because skills you can acquire, but you have to have a certain type of mindset when you recruit people, mm -hmm. of people who want to give their best welcome, who want to put their soul into what they do, because that's what makes the difference. Um, Will Gadara, uh, who, who uh, run the, the best um, restaurants in the world for a while, 11 Madison in New York, oh. uh, talks about service being black and white and hospitality being color. Okay. And that's really the difference. We are a colorful environment. Oh. Everybody within the organization cares, no matter their role. You know, if, 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 if I'm in the village, 
if I see somebody who seems lost or I will come and embrace them. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stop and, and take a picture. You know, a lot of people want to take pictures, souvenirs. And, and, and it's everything. It's just how you think you could help the person there and there beyond what they expect. And, and through working with, you know, people who are specialists in the hospitality industry, we've managed to infuse that um, into the way we operate. I think in the last 20 years, I get the impression that the luxury uh, industry, it was in hothouse conditions. And if you ran your brand reasonably well and you're good managers and a good designer, you could grow a double digit. Uh, and an awful lot of brands did that. And maybe along the way, they forgot about that their their interface with the people when you went into a store to buy. And uh, that needs to be readdressed. So that's what you're, you seem to be suggesting that a little bit. Uh, uh, completely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and this notion of um, in the olden days, yeah. <laughs> it was called clienteling, right? Uh, yeah. And it was about going beyond the transactional uh, fact that uh, you'd like this, uh, I can help you get it, uh, and here it is for you. Um, and we believe also that we're physical retail. Yeah. We do not do e-commerce. Yeah. At uh, all. At all. But what we do, though, we, so have omni-channel. Our, we, we have a version of omni-channel, but yeah. again, through the interface with a human being. Okay. Right? I, I think that's one of the... So of the, the first stop is that? Is a human being. Uh, okay. So so you can buy um, from home, yeah. um, but it's through um, WhatsApp. Okay. So you will, and, and, and we facilitated, we've created a whole infrastructure and a training associated and all the rest of it. So you can, you know, text and ask somebody, mm. uh, you know, through WhatsApp, you can have a, 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 a visio live no. with them, etc. So you can do everything from the comfort of your home, but it's not, you won't be able to do it at three in the morning. Ah, it has it to be, be with just, a living person. It is a living person. And that's oh, very one, because we believe that, that's key to the experience of the person. And clienteling is not, no matter how smart also a, so, an AI is, it's mm. not an AI, yeah. it's a person. So the AI for us can inform the person, but cannot replace a person. Okay. It's very interesting if you talk to people like Bruno Polovoski, the CEO of Chanel, or Giacomo Venturini, the CEO of Valentino how much emphasis they put on that. And many of these brands, these top-ranked brands, have kept a distance from e-commerce. You know, it's still less than 10%. Do you think that will change, or is this the new business model, that e-commerce, uh, the Internet is how you discover a brand, but the first step always should be through a human interaction? I think that if you want to give the 360 of your brand, the full image, the full experience, the full value of your brand, uh-huh. that's what it should be, yes. Okay. Because ultimately, if you, no matter how smart and how good, yeah. um, you know, technology uh-huh. improves, it is not yet replacing the feeling that you have when you go physically in a location. Yes. Um, and, and, and 
we're 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 animals, right? I mean, we we have a we have a feeling when we see people. There yeah. is the glint in the eye. There is mm. there is the overhearing something. There's a vibration in mm. the air. There are all these things. There's a smell. There's mm-hmm. the touch mm-hmm. in in fashion and luxury, which are critical, right? Mm. There is how it fits you. So I know there are lots of models that are being developed, but can you really feel everything? No, the answer is no. So. Is it convenient to be able to buy? Is it great that you can discover? Uh, yes. And one of the things that we do, I think, which a lot of people do will be scared to go in some of these very luxury, you know, high luxury brands. They feel they don't belong. And, and, and buying Madison through. Madison Avenue yeah, the it, Center. It, it, right, it yeah, is. Yeah. I worked for years in the, in the industry and, and I can appreciate uh, how mm. how that is. And it's true that. But then what we do Every every um, boutique has mm. a open door, and we don't uh, cluster, you know, all the sports brand in one end, all the mm. you know luxury fashion mm. in another, yeah. all the shoes in a in a third location. Oh. It's it's voluntarily a mix, so that people actually, when they walk, mm. they have to feel that it's their environment they control the environment they can it's for them it's fine and they go from one space to the other and you can go from a Levi's to a Valentino you know to to a Montclair and and to you know to a New Balance and the point is that you will discover and not feel you you feel you're embraced you're welcome it's inclusive and i think that the physicality of the welcome yeah. is critical to create that that link with the brand. Um, uh, if I understood it rightly, you operate a little bit like a department store in that you rent out the spaces physically, mm. but the brands themselves pay per rent. There's a minimum, you know, rent, and but they man and they merchandise each store. Correct. Is that right? Uh, What sort of directives do you give them or do you give them any at all? So we give them directives because obviously as in a department store, you have a certain, also you have a promise as a department store. Mm. We have a promise as the Bister Collection to our guests and we want everybody to Mm. participate Mm. to, to that promise. But it's not just directive. Because what we we do is we work in partnership, and and we work with the brand yeah. to advise the brand because we're on site all the time. We have teams on site, we have marketers on site, we have retailers on site, we have trainers on site, we have visual <laughs> merchandiser. We, I mean, you name it, right? Yeah, all yeah. all the functionalities that the, the brands have, yeah. and they have their teams visiting regularly, but they're not on site. So we're there, and we can advise the brand and work with them to also plan ahead and make sure that if we're going to have an event around a certain things the 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 the, the stock package of the brand is the, is the is the right one and reflects what we want to do and is the right one for the types of guests that we are going to welcome and at a particular time and and, and all the rest of it we have services of uh, personal shopping and private client services where we work with the brand also to find the best of the best for our customers okay. and because we do that i think one one element that's super important is the fact that between this this welcome, this environment of welcome that we create, this hospitality mindset we have, between the fact that it's human, that the brand put their best foot forward, create the best environment, so do we. 
what we do and and the kind of clients that we bring to our villages, what we do is we help the brands acquire new customers, which then they, if the brand do their jobs well, which they do, they acquire them not just through our channel, uh, but for their full price business. So they use the data themselves. Uh, to, to, to acquire. So we, we, we become, we have become with the, for the brands, a, a strategic new customer mm. acquisition channel. Okay, okay. Because of what we do. The, I was struck, um, uh, leaving Bister, how many bags uh, some of your visitors carried out in their hands. Um, what do you estimate is the average spend of a um, customer coming to, uh, or a visitor? So, so we, we don't disclose that, that number. We have some estimate. But yeah. what I can tell you is that a customer that shops with us yeah. um, has more value for the brand than a customer that only shops at full price. And what do you mean by that? I mean by that, that between that, that the spend that they do when they discover yeah. the brand, because, yeah. because the analysis and the studies we've yeah. made yeah. Uh, show that about uh, over two thirds, mm. 70% of, the, of, the, of, yeah. of our guests buy a luxury brand for the first time in our environment. Wow, wow. Because mm. obviously we offer great value. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's great product, but, yeah. but obviously it's the, 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 the financial value is yeah. there as oh, well. Yeah. Um, and, but then they'll go and shop at full price. And so the accumulated amount that this customer mm. spend mm. is higher than if it's only at, 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 at full price. Okay. Um, Looking ahead, I believe you're opening it finally in America. Have you opened it in America before? No, we haven't. We haven't. Yeah. But indeed, we are. We are. Uh, Where the, will you open? In the New York area. In the New York area, absolutely. But once again, outside of Manhattan, and always outside of Manhattan. Yeah. That's part of our. That's part of our model, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's. Uh, Again, it's a destination worth no. traveling for. So often on a train line, I've noticed with you. Is that right? You, you, you yes. Yeah. It's often well. I mean, obviously, we want to be outside the main uh, yeah. uh, city, not, yeah. so as not to compete, yeah. you know, directly with the brand. It's mm. it. We are very respectful of of mm. the brand's full price business. Yes. So it 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 has to be a little bit far away, that it has to be a decision for anyone to come and, and, and visit us. Mm-hmm. But equally, it has to be, uh, you know, we want to make it as easy as, as possible. Do, uh, what were your annual sales? Again, we're privately owned, but uh, it's, 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 it's it, several it, billion. It's several billion. Yes. Uh, you, uh, it's registered with an American company or a European country, company? Uh, our head office is in the UK. In the UK. So it'd be several billion pounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, h- how many more of these destinations will you open in the next couple of years? The next couple? Yeah. One, it'll be the yeah. New York one. I mean, we are... We are um, obsessed with what we do and we want yeah. to do the best. And to do the best, you have to, you know, focus. Yeah. So we're, we're not about quantity, we're yeah. about quality. We, we, you know, in Europe, as you know, we've, we've got nine in, in, in seven countries. Mm. It's one maximum two per country. In, in China, there's room for, 
for more than two. Mm. Uh, but equally, you know, with everything that has mm. happened recently, we, we have to. Um, so, you know, so in the next two years, it, that, that's what it'll be. And you build these yourselves. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because yes. Scott Malcolm, if I remember rightly, his family were the owners of the Empire State Building. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah. come from that yeah. background. background. Um, looking ahead also, how do you see the mix? What you come from? Uh, L.V. De Beers at one stage in your career. I was struck that there were quite a lot of LVMH brands in Bister and in Value mm -hmm. Retail and mm -hmm. here in France and in Italy as well. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples on how many LVMH brands do you have in, in your group? Okay, so I, I don't have uh, the, the number, the exact, number, uh, the exact but, number, but uh, but it's true that we have probably uh, six of those brands or uh, thereabouts, uh, you know, or, or seven, and uh, and same for caring and for all the, the 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 the, the luxury groups. Really, uh, we we work with with all the. Our goal is to bring the best brands to our guest. And it's a curation because we're, you know, our footprint is 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 big, but it's not sprawling. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we the, the, our biggest village is like 160 oh. boutiques. Yeah. Um, so, and and it's a curation that showcases luxury, but also premium, affordable luxury. But it's always a point of view on a curation. So, of course, we're going to work with the best group in the world, and such as LVMH mm. or, or Caring or, you know, or, or Prada or Brunello Cucinelli or, uh -uh. you know, uh, or, or, all these, uh, all these uh, or, or PVH or Capri or, you know. Historically in America, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're kind of, it's very clear, it's a luxury destination yep. that you focused on. But historically, of course, when you talk of outlets, they were considered discount malls, mm -hmm. and they were slightly considered the death of, of, of certain brands. Mm -hmm. Donna Karen, Calvin Klein, they devalued the reputation as a creative destination. How do you make that clear to brands that you're, you're, you're a long way away? You're very much a different animal. Well, the first thing is that whenever you use the word outlet. Yeah, never. Very, never. Um, or even mall. Or even more, exactly, <laughs> correct, yeah, because that also yeah. conjures different sort of mm. animals, um, mm. which we're not. We are a destination, we're about experience, we're about hospitality, oh. we're about guest, we're about engagement, oh. Oh. we're about partnership with the brands, mm. uh, you know, again, to the, to the point oh. that we're... And because of that, oh. it's not only the best sales performance which you alluded to at the beginning of yeah. this uh, yeah. of this uh, uh, podcast but the fact that the guests we introduce to the brands will become their future full price customer and that's very valuable for the brands right they spend a lot of money acquiring new customers so there they can they can sell past collections prof profitably yeah. elegantly yeah. with in this environment that is not detrimental to their brand image yeah. and acquire new customers and also working with us kind of we we never share of course data between, but we will say to the brand a peer group of yours mm -hmm. 
you know, this is how you compare, mm. which is very interesting as mm. also as a, you were talking about data. That's mm. one of the way you improve understanding how you fare versus a group of competitors and maybe understanding that there are other ways mm. to approach certain certain things. Um, uh, you talked about location and building a lucky experience. So you, when you build one of these destinations, villages, it must be a significant capital investment. So we're talking about 100, 200 million. Yeah, it can be north of that. It can be north of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, oh, yeah. and will probably be that way in New York. Probably. Probably yeah. in New York. Um, you've had a very interesting career. You began and born in uh, Strasbourg, Strasbourgeois, and you've moved around the industry. We've a lot of young listeners who, uh, people who'd like to have a career like yours. What's your advice to someone, a teenager or a student, uh, who's keen to have a career in luxury or fashion or lifestyle? Um, well, number one, really be truly passionate because I, I do believe that enthusiasm, positive energy, willingness to learn, willingness to embrace new things is critical. I mean, I'm very curious and I, and I think that curiosity is, oh. is, is a, is a, is a, I don't know how you would call it, a, a skill or a, oh. a trait that is very important in life. Um, be ready to work hard because yeah yeah it's an industry with lots of you know bells and whistles and and but it's an industry where you have to work very very hard um and um be open because sometimes the road is not straight <laughs> learn english <laughs> <laughs> learn english that too <laughs> what did you learn just to remember, you were, if I remember rightly, you told me you were about a decade or more in Cartier with Richemont Group. Uh, then you were with uh, LVMH, with LV and De Beers, and later on with Princess Tamtam. What have you learned in each of those positions that you've brought to Value Retail? Um, so in, in Cartier... I learned about the the power of controlled luxury, right? Because and, and back in you know I started in in the early nineties when you uh, were fourteen. Uh, when I was fourteen, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I had to lie on my application because of course they would never <laughs> hire somebody I under age. <laughs> Johan Rupert hired a fourteen-year-old. There you go. That happens. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, and and it was about, you know, you learn about the, the the it's 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 it has such a heritage, and the power of the heritage, but at the same time the power of reinvention. So I I, I learned about about that and the need to reinvent, which I apply as well because when you have when you work for a very storied maison, if you don't reinvent yourself, you die. Right, so it's it's both it's both the power of the mm. of the heritage, but it's also the the need and the power of reinvention, constant reinvention. Um, I also learned about the power of clienteling. I, I was head of retail in both Asia and 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 in the US, and 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 developing client was was part of what I I was I was doing, and that too is something that I that I bring here. Um, 
with the beers mm. and uh, LVMH, the, the joint venture, as it, as it was then, obviously, the beers has bought back now uh, the 50% share that LVMH uh, mm. y- used to own. It was more about the 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 creation of something new mm. and and clear blue water because yeah. on on the one hand the, the beer's name was very well known but on the other we we created something completely mm. new from from you know from from nothing and 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 the processes that go into that and 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 the opportunities and the challenges and you know you do, do you think that brand has sufficiently separated itself from the other luxury jewelry brands I think it it is establishing itself. Yeah. I, 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 there was probably uh, a desire to go or to think that one could go ve- very fast, maybe a bit faster than mm. the reality yeah, <laughs> uh, allows, um, especially when you compare yourself to mm. brands that have hundreds of years of history mm. and 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 uh, but but you know they're, they're they're moving towards it. Yes. Do you do? Uh, uh, are there many jewelry brands in value retail? Yes, we have some. Absolutely. For example. Um, so in terms of of jewelry, so in terms of fine jewelry, we've yeah. we've got some Bulgari stores. Ah. We've got Anushka, which I'm wearing. We've got uh, we've had Poire. We've had, uh, you know, we've worked with Chopin. We've we've we've, we've worked with you know um, uh, Pomelato and and ah. and uh, you know Dodo and various other brands. So, but it yes. remains a relatively small part. Yes, yes, okay. yes, it is. Okay. What uh, Tan? What are your most important hopes for the next few years, the next five years for Value Retail? That we continue uh, uh, define clear blue waters, <laughs> and uh, and that indeed we 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 continue to be the partner of choice for our brands in, in terms of, of of both helping them, uh, you know, acquire new customers and and and. Um, have amazing self-performance. Great. This is Godfrey Dini thanking Sylvia Freund-Pickervance for a very interesting conversation.